What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, our guest is Marcy Shimoff. Marcy is the president and co-founder of the Esteem Group. She is a number one New York Times best-selling author and a world-renowned transformational leader. Her most recent book, Love for No Reason, Seven Steps to Creating a Life of Unconditional Love, previous book, Happy for No Reason, Chicken Soup for the Woman's Soul, Chicken Soup for the Mother's Soul, and we could go on and on and on. Marcy, you're quite prolific. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here with you, Cheryl. Oh, it's great. Now, you, know, you are known as an expert on happiness, success, and unconditional love, and we're going to talk all about that as we move through our show today. Where are you today? I am in the San Francisco Bay Area looking out at the bay with the sun shining. Mm. What a beautiful, beautiful day. It is. It's, it's heaven. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and I imagine for you, um, having time to sit and relax doesn't come around very much. You know, it's interesting. Since Love for No Reason uh, came out uh, recently, I've been on uh, n- numerous radio interviews, and I do them from a, a special um, place in my office where I get to see the mountains and really, really enjoy what I'm taking in. And I notice it, it, it makes a difference. I, I do love the experience of getting to just really savor what's around me. Mm, taking those moments to consider what matters. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's actually some research done that shows that if we just spend a little bit of time looking at nature, that that helps reset our um, just reset our system helps calm the system. Nature has a very healing influence on us, and uh, so any amounts of little amounts of nature I can get, I enjoy. Well, you know, I hear that so often when I speak with leaders around the world. When I speak with highly successful people, people who have had the courage to really step out and make things happen in the world, just as you have. I hear that common thread that they get a lot of their energy and a lot of their peace from being in nature. Mm. That's where they go. Why is that? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, we become, I think we've become as a society so separated from uh, our sense of self, our essence, because we are living very uh, much out of tune with natural rhythms and with nature. 
And I, I think that there's something very much, when we connect with nature, we connect with ourselves more. I, I know that I've gotten most of my aha moments have come when I have been quiet, when I've been in nature or just sitting quietly and being more inward. I mean, I, I understand Einstein said the same thing. Not that I'm in any way making comparisons to Einstein, but <laughs> but, uh, but the, apparently he had his great aha moments at times when he was just relaxing and letting go and, and, and being in that natural environment. And I think that that's where our, part of the source of our creativity. There's also been some research done about... Um, about the rhythms of of the planet and when we start to connect our own natural rhythms with the rhythms of nature. Uh, for, I'll just give you an example. Um, and I've never shared this on an interview before, so this is this is fun to get to, ex- to have this conversation with you. Um, the, you know the saying, "Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise." Well, it's been found that our circadian rhythms are such that when we get sleep, every hour of sleep we get before midnight is worth twice as much as the sleep we get after midnight. Mm-hmm. That um, our bodies go into certain uh, our meridian our meridians are in a certain configuration at, at certain times that it's ideal for us to go to bed before ten, and we get a deeper quality of sleep during that time, and. Um, so there are lots of things. I think there are lots of ways that we can attune ourselves more to our natural rhythms and to nature's rhythms. And another interesting statistic someone recently told me was that in the last 50 years, people in indigenous cultures, their their illness rate has gone up dramatically. And it coincided with the time when they started wearing shoes or flip-flops and when when we separate our feet from the earth it it actually has an ill effect on our health and so one of the suggestions from from, uh, one of the researchers I interviewed for Love for No Reason was to get outside once a day at least and barefoot and have your feet connect with the, the earth now obviously if you're living in a snow snowy place. That's not as easy to do as it is for us in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. But I think I I, I try to do that every day to get just five minutes of my feet connecting with the earth. Hmm. You know, that I hadn't thought about putting it that way, but that sure makes sense. You know, I very often advise my clients who were leaders in corporations all around the world to take five minutes in the morning and just sit quietly. I'm gonna add and make sure your feet are touching the ground. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, makes sense. Yeah, it, and and I I completely concur with you about taking five minutes of silence every day. Um, it's something that I found. I interviewed 150 love luminaries, people who are living in what I I call a state of unconditional love, a love that doesn't isn't dependent on a situation or a relationship or a romantic partner, but just where where. Your inner state is one of peace and love and relaxation and ease. And I found that one of the things that was similar amongst all of them is that they did have that uh, taking the time for silence every day. Hmm. Well, you know, you, you describe in your book that there is a new paradigm of love. Mm-hmm. What's the old paradigm of love? Well, I think most of us are trained 
to think of love as an energy that happens between two people. Mm-hmm. I will experience love when you treat me a particular way. Mm-hmm. It's conditional love, basically. That's the old paradigm. And when we are like that, we are more what I call, I, I, an analogy I use is we're like love beggars, where we're walking around with cups, these little cups going up to various people saying, oh, let me, let me experience some love here between us. When the reality is, is that love is the essence of who we are. It's actually our, our nature. And we are the ocean of love. We don't have to look for it as a stream of water between two people, but we are the ocean of love. And when we experience more of that, we become, instead of a love beggar, a love philanthropist, where we are just naturally overflowing in that. Now, I know this can sound incredibly airy-fairy, and I know we're talking to you know wonderful, amazing world leaders here, and I, I don't want to make this sound airy-fairy, because what, this is backed up by science. There is a lot of science that's showing that our physiolog- physiology is, that, that, that this is a physiological state that I'm talking right. about. Right. We very much, are, very often are living in what's called the stress response. And what we're talking about here is shifting into what Dr. Eva Selhub from Harvard calls the love response. And it's a physiological state that has brain activity correlates, that has heart rhythm correlates, that has a certain biochemistry associated with it. So it's, it's practical science. Well, you know, that um, makes me think about um, HeartMath. It's an organization that studies this, the physiological connection to the heart and um, our happiness. And, um, you know, they also have scientific evidence of this. And it is stated that we can influence our physiology really based on our thinking. Yes, and you know the Institute of Heart Math is. I love the work that they're doing, and I and I did worked closely with them on Love for No Reason, and also on my prior book, Happy for No Reason. And the research they've done is so fascinating. It shows how when we are feeling care and love and appreciation, we go into what's called what they call heart rhythm coherence, where our heart rhythms are very very coherent, very synchronous smooth patterns, when we're feeling angry and frustrated we or negative, we go into heart rhythm incoherence. And there are very simple tools that we can use to move into heart rhythm coherence. Uh, they even have computer programs that, uh, where you hook up a sensor to your ear and you can see when you're in heart rhythm coherence or not. And it's, it's like biofeedback for the heart. And they have some very simple techniques that I love using, and I, I share them in, in, in my books, that can help us very easily return to some heart rhythm coherence. And shall, we, shall I do one with you right now? Sure, yeah. Okay. This one is called the inner ease technique, and it's three simple steps, and it does move you from the stress response to the love response. You don't want to be doing this while you're driving. So if you're <laughs> this while you're driving, then just remember it, and you can do it when you get to your destination. But for the rest of us, join in. I invite you to join in and do this. And uh, you can do this with eyes opened or closed. doesn't matter, whichever you, you prefer. The first step is to take your hand and put it over your heart area. This simple step of putting your hand over the center of your chest, the palm over your, your heart area, starts the release of a hormone called oxytocin, which is dubbed the love hormone. 
and we experience more oxytocin when we feel bonded or connected with each other. But we also, uh, just putting your hand over your heart starts the uh, stimulation of oxytocin. Second step is to imagine that you're breathing in and out through the center of your heart. So just picture or feel your breath coming in and out through the center of your heart. Mm. And then the third step is on each in-breath, imagine that you're breathing in ease, that you're breathing in care or compassion or love. So, And on each out-breath, just a regular out-breath, but the in-breath, breathe in ease, breathe in care and compassion and love. And one more in-breath, breathing in love and ease. And you can open up your eyes if they were closed and take your hand down. And So, Cheryl, that was about a minute, no more than a minute. Mm-hmm. Tell me, do you, what's your experience now versus a minute ago? Well, it's interesting. I feel like, um, it, in my words, it's, I feel more grounded. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have just settled. Mm-hmm. Settled in. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that is that it feels good to do, and, and doing it for one minute isn't going to create any lasting kind of change. But what we found is if you do this three, four, five times a day for a minute or two, mm-hmm. if you, over the next two weeks what you start to do is habituate this response in your body mm-hmm. so it becomes more and more your default state. And I can tell you, as I mentioned, I've done, I've done probably 50 or 60 interviews over the last few weeks, and I do this in every interview. And now all I have to do is just put my hand up to my heart, and automatically it starts this response. I can feel my just energy flowing in my heart area and a warmth coming through my body. And what they've found, what the heart, Institute of Heart Math has found, is that when we are in heart rhythm coherence, we are thinking is clearer, we make better decisions, we're more creative, uh, we get along better with people. So it, it has some far-reaching effects, even though it seems awfully simple. You know, it seems terribly simplistic, and people I know can, can dismiss this and say, oh, you know, that, that's nothing. But it really does create some long-term lasting effect. Well, it makes sense because what we are doing is we're putting our intention and our attention into a space that's more relaxed. Into us, you know, we're paying attention to ourselves, to our body. It's it. How could it not have a positive effect? Mm. And I love that you said intention and intention because, yeah, I, I my I have a formula that I've used since I was about 19 years old that I learned early on, and it's my formula for success in life, and it's three steps, and they are intention, attention, and no tension. <laughs> and I love it because they rhyme, easy to remember. And intention, you know, any time I've always wanted, any time I've wanted to create anything, I know you've got to be clear on your intention, know what it is you want to create, put your attention behind it, meaning your thoughts, your words, and your feelings, and your actions. But finally, you also need to be in a state of no tension, of an inner calm and relaxation. And it's through that 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 I found that things ultimately come to fruition. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Now, in a previous book that you wrote, Happy for No Reason, Seven Steps to Being Happy from the Inside Out, um, you know, you, you talk about that same concept that mm-hmm. you know, happiness comes from inside, not from external experiences. What led you to write this book? Mm. Well, you know, I had written uh, six books in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. I'd sold over 13 million books, been on every bestseller list. 
I basically had achieved everything I wanted to achieve in my life. I, I was I was traveling the world speaking, and and I still felt a certain empty hole inside. And I've talked to a lot of very very successful people and many of whom reflect the same thing. They thought once they achieved what they had set out to in life, then then they would really be happy. And yet they found that that wasn't the case. And so what I wanted to do was find out, okay, how can I really find deep, true, lasting happiness? And I went and I interviewed a 100 unconditionally happy people, and I did all of the research in the field of positive psychology. And I found that people got there not by luck, but by habits. And I distilled those down to 21 happiness habits that anyone can practice to experience a greater happiness level in life. And I, I'm excited to share some of those with you and with everyone listening. Well, that would be great. So this would be a good time for us to take a break. And when we come back, we'll start right in on that. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're speaking with Marcy Shimoff. So, Marcy, we left off the last segment um, with you talking about how people really get to their success by the habits they create and engender. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, see, what I've found is, as we know, success leaves clues. There's a great saying that success leaves clues, that you can find out about how people became successful by studying their habits. Well, I found the same is true of happiness. Happiness leaves leaves clues mm-hmm. that we can study. We can we can become happier by studying the habits of happy people, which is what I did when I wrote Happy for No Reason. Mm-hmm. And 
the first thing I found that so fascinating, and I think uh, to me this should be headline news, um, and a lot of people don't know about this, and that is that we all have a happiness set point. And, what does that mean? Yes. Yeah, so here's what it is. No matter what happens to us, whether good or bad, we have a particular range of happiness that we are used to, that we're accustomed to. That's our, our, our it's, it's called our set point. It's really a little, a small range of happiness that we hover around. So, for example, people who win the lottery, you'd think that would be fabulous, and then that they would be so much happier. They become happier for about a couple of months, but within a year, they they return to their original happiness set point. Shockingly, the same is true of people who have tragedies happen. So people who become paraplegic within a year generally have returned to their original happiness set point. It's like a thermostat, and it hovers around the same level unless we do something consciously to change it. So we can change the set point. We can change the set point. So here's how the set point is is made up. It is 50% genetic. We're born with it. It's 10%, and only 10% are circumstances. Now, that's what most of us focus on is let me change those circumstances and then I'll be happier. And this is why we become frustrated. You know, 40% of the wealthiest people in the world, the Forbes wealth, you know, the Forbes wealthiest people are more depressed than the average person. It is very clear that our circumstances are very small percentage of our happiness. The research shows that once you're over the poverty line, no amount of money will make you happier. So once you're able to basically feed and clothe and, and have shelter, it doesn't matter how much more money you have. It, it will not really influence your happiness. So what, what comprises the rest of that happiness set point, the other 40% is our habits. And that's the piece we can most effectively change to raise our happiness set point. And, and I'll tell you another reason why that's such an effective way to change our happiness set point. The 50% that's genetic Progressive scientists in the field of epigenetics are now saying that we can change our DNA by changing our habits of thoughts and behavior. You know, Bruce Lipton, I, I imagine you're familiar with Bruce Lipton. He's one of these scientists who uh, wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. And he says that we, we, when we change our thoughts and beliefs and behaviors, we do change our DNA. So I believe a full 90% of our happiness set point can be shifted through changing these, these essential habits. And I, as I mentioned to you earlier, I found there are 21 essential happiness habits that we can change to uh, experience greater happiness in life. That's fascinating. So my mind goes in 25 different directions. I want to ask you all about the biology. I want to ask you all about how can we change our DNA? But let's get right to the 21 essential habits. Well, let's do a couple of them. Let, let me share with you a couple of them and, uh, and then perhaps a story and a couple of other exercises. How's that? Great. So one of the main happiness, or happiness habits is don't believe everything you think. Uh, just because we have a thought doesn't mean that it's true, and the average person has 60,000 thoughts a day. Of those, the average person, 80% of them are negative. We have what science calls a negativity bias, which says that we remember the negatives, we hang on to the negatives, we pay attention to the negatives more than we do the positives. We inherited this from our cavemen ancestors. But we can change it. Uh, One of the scientists that I interviewed, a a brilliant 
neuropsychologist named Rick Hansen calls it the Velcro Teflon Syndrome, and I love this analogy. He says that our minds are like Velcro for the negatives. They just stick to us, whereas they're like Teflon for the positives. They slide off of us. So, for example, if you get 10 compliments in a day and one criticism, what do you tend to remember at the end of the day? Right. Most people remember the criticism, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what we found is people who are happier have reversed that syndrome. They Velcro the positives and they Teflon the negatives. Mm -hmm. What that means is they take time to ingest the positive things. And they say that it takes 20 seconds for us to register deeply the positives and create new neural pathways for these positives. It takes us nowhere near as long to register the negatives. So we have to make a concerted effort to experience more of those positives because it's what changes the neural pathways. And what fascinating research was done on uh, leaders, very successful business leaders, And they found that many of them kept what was called a wins journal or something like that, where they regularly recorded their accomplishments, their successes, their wins. And that is a way to to register the things that are positive that are going on. Um, Research done in the area of, of, of gratitude has shown that just writing down five things a day that you're grateful for over the period of 30 days will raise your happiness set point. And again, it's the principle of Velcroing the positives, savoring them, taking them in more. And we talked about that in the very beginning of our, our conversation together today, right. Cheryl, was you know, how, how just sitting here looking at the beauty around me and taking it in, it's something that I consciously do now since I've learned this research um, to, to shift the physiology. So we have to create the habit. I think that's an important part of this because I, I think that people learn technique and practice it for a little while and then life gets busy and mm-hmm. then we forget and and then we're kind of right back to velcroing the negative right and so what's your tip for how do we make this a practice right well you're absolutely right about that and, and i think the first thing to do is to recognize it at, to acknowledge it as a priority mm-hmm. because it's not something that our society um, it, it, that particularly acknowledges as a priority. <laughs> right. right. We, 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 and so it's important first in our own lives to say, you know what, this matters to me, and it matters enough that I'm going to take out five, ten minutes a day to mm-hmm. focus on this. What I've found is that this isn't a lot. That we, It's not hard, but it does take habit and practice and five to ten minutes a day. I tell people, give me five to ten minutes a day, and in a period of a month, your happiness set point will have changed. Um, when I think about how much um, is coming at us in, in the form of um, stimulation that is about what's wrong in the world or what people aren't doing right or right. Uh, what the fears are or what the latest danger is, um, I, 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 it seems like this is a huge challenge. I mean, you know, it is. It is, and it first takes internally people making a decision, a commitment to themselves. This matters to me. Mm-hmm. And as we talked earlier, making it their intention. Mm-hmm. You know, even clearly writing out an intention. You know, I, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm devoting 10 minutes a day 
to experiencing greater happiness or to practicing habits of happiness or, or love if that's, if, you know, unconditional love. And then the second thing is to surround yourself with support. Um, we, we become the average. There's something called emotional contagion. And we catch the emotions of the people around us like we catch their colds, mm-hmm. both positive and negative. And we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So take a look at who you're spending your time with. Make a list of the five people you're spending your time with and see if these are people that you want to catch their emotions. Hmm. And if not, perhaps create a, a different kind of a support system. I have had, and I, I, I've done, I, I give huge credit to my support systems that I've had over the years. Uh, 22 years ago, I started a mastermind group that I was with for 10 years. We met every week, and it was a huge source of support for me. When I moved away from the town I was living in, I created a new mastermind group or support group um, where I am, and I, 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 I will not go without these support groups. And, and uh, they are people who are aligned with these same kinds of principles. Or get a happiness buddy. Like you would have, we have an exercise buddy. You know, they're the ones that help us go for that jog in the morning when we don't want to. Same way with happiness. Get a happiness buddy, somebody that you're willing to do these processes and practices with. And um, let, may I share a story? Absolutely. Because uh, I, you know, my background being chicken soup for the soul, I, I love stories. And, and um, this is a story of one of the love luminaries that I interviewed for Love for No Reason. And it, it really, I think, uh, illustrates the profound effect of daily habits. Her name is Sally Salve. And Sally, just before her 50th birthday one day, was rushed to the emergency room of the hospital because she was violently ill. And after the doctors examined her, they told her that her liver was failing, that it looked like it had been chewed up by a cat, and she would need a liver transplant immediately. They said, we don't even give you three, we give you maximum three days unless you get a liver transplant, which was a shock to her because she had no family history of this. And she was uh, never drank, so she, she had no idea where the, why this happened. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, on the third day, they did find her a transplant, did the surgery, and uh, all was well for about a year until she went back into the doctor for a routine exam, and he said, this liver is failing. Oh. Uh, you're you're going to need another transplant in the next few months. Well, she was shocked. Now, on that same visit, she was sitting in the waiting room next to someone who had just had a third liver transplant in three years. And this woman was the most negative, angry, critical person she had ever met. And it reminded Sally that in Chinese medicine, every organ is associated with uh, an emotion. Mm -hmm. And the liver is associated with anger. And it made a lot of sense to Sally in viewing this woman was such an angry woman. So Sally examined her own life and thought, well, I'm, you know, she didn't feel like she was particularly angry towards other people. But she realized that she was very angry towards herself, mm. that she'd grown up on a, in a very judgmental environment, family. She was always criticizing herself, always beating herself up, never thinking she was good enough. And so at that moment, she decided, she made a commitment that every day, she was going to practice specific techniques of compassion and self-love and forgiveness. And she did that every day. She followed through on her commitment. And a few months later, she went back into the doctor for an exam, for uh, an appointment to uh, get her ready for the transplant surgery. And the doctor said, I have no idea what happened. It's, your liver is completely healed. This is a medical miracle. 
Wow. Now, that was 18 years ago, and Sally has never needed that transplant. She is as healthy as can be, one of the most love-filled people, happiest people I've ever met. And it was because she said she's grateful that her liver failed because it was what forced her into creating new habits of of happiness and and self-love. What a story. And I have story after story after story like that of people who had wake-up calls where they said, I've got to change. Something's got to change because I know there's more to life and I want to experience what I'm here to experience, which is truly this unconditional happiness and love. And so I, I just, everyone who's listening, no matter where you are in the happiness scale, it doesn't matter whether you're already happy or whether you're experiencing a lot of pain and, and, and upset and heartache. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are, you can always raise your happiness set point. And, and it's, it ultimately is the reason we're here, we're alive. It's, it's what we all want more than anything in life. And we, we have it backwards, I think, in our society. We think that success is going to bring us happiness. But what research has shown is that it's happiness that brings us success. In fact, they found that happier people not only are healthier, they live nine years longer, they're one-third less likely to get sick, but they also earn, on average, a million dollars more over the course of their lifetime. Wow. Well, now, how is this different from the power of positive thinking? I, it, it contains the power of positive thinking in it, but what I've found is that we really need a holistic approach to this, that this is a mind, body, heart, spirit issue. And this isn't just about, oh, let me change my thoughts. It's also about, let me change my feelings. Let me change, let me experience gratitude, forgiveness, compassion. Um, It's also about uh, our daily habits and our health habits. You know, there's a physiology of happiness. When we have more endorphins and serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin, we feel happier. So it's how do I eat in a way that's going to support this experience of greater happiness and love? Uh, you know, what are, so it's, it's really, I believe, a holistic approach. And when you just talk about it on the level of thoughts alone, it's, it's limiting. And, and you, it, we need all of these areas to support this new experience of happiness. This is fascinating, Marcy. I love the way you've brought this to to a language that is accessible for people. Mm, thank you. Know, you can start it and not have to completely understand all of it, but start it and begin to feel the shift. Yeah, it's really nice. Well, I have to say this. You know, there's a saying, we teach what we most want to learn. Mm-hmm. And the reason I pursued this was it was what I wanted to learn. And, you know, earlier I mentioned that I, I wasn't, I, I had a lot of success and I still wasn't experiencing the happiness that I wanted. I would have given myself a D plus in happiness back then. And I'd say now I'm about an A minus. And, you know, I know I hear that from just, thousands of people who write me and, and speak to me and it's so it's 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 the real deal it's possible well we have more to learn from marcy shimoff when we come right back Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're speaking with Marcy Shimoff. So, Marcy, let's talk a little bit about What's most important in this process? You say there are a few keys that people have really got to get. Yes, and so in Happy for No Reason, I found there are 21 happiness habits. In Love for No Reason, I found that there are 14, I call them love keys. They're the ways to access the experience of living more with an open heart and more in in the flow of life. You know, some of the characteristics that I experienced amongst these love luminaries I interviewed is that they they really their lives were working. There was a sense that they felt like they were in the flow of life, that they weren't going against the stream, that they were going with the stream. And that there was um they felt very alive and vital and creative and excited about life and purposeful. And so um one of the things one of the main keys to experiencing that state of love for no reason was the ability to forgive, to not hang on, to let go of anger or resentment. And uh, I'll share a technique that I learned about that. But first, let me just uh, tell you that um, some of the research, again, this research is from the Institute of Heart Math that we've referenced earlier, and that is that for every five minutes that we are experiencing anger or resentment, or, or, you know, lack of forgiveness, that hardness of heart, we suppress our immune systems for six mm. hours. Really? Six hours. And yet for every five minutes that we're experiencing 
care, compassion, and love. We strengthen our immune system for six hours. So very long-lasting effects of our of our emotions, and um, so this. I'm going to share with you a technique for forgiveness because I really have found that there is no way to experience this open-hearted uh, approach to life when we are carrying resentment. And so there's a technique that I learned. You may be familiar with it, Cheryl. It's called Ho'oponopono. Mm. And it's a lot easier to do than it is to say. <laughs> um, it's based on a Kahuna Hawaiian tradition of forgiveness. Mm. And all it is is that you feel in your heart these four sentences or four concepts, phrases, for whomever you are experiencing a lack of forgiveness. And the four sentences, if you've got a piece of paper and pen, I want you to write these down. They are, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're the person that did the offending or you're the victim of the offense. When you change your experience inside the, the, the whole, uh, the dynamic very often changes. And I'll tell you a wild, far-out story uh, about the man who uh, I learned of this from. His name is D- Dr. E. Haleakala Hugh Lin, and he's a psychiatrist from Hawaii. And he was called in, this was in the, I think, the early 1980s, he was called into uh, the Hawaii State Hospital ward for the criminally, uh, the criminally insane. And he... Um, he said, I'm not going to go talk to these people. They were very often on medication and shackled down and, and considered quite dangerous. And he said, but I will practice Ho'oponopono while looking at their medical records. So just by sitting with their chart, with their name on it, and focusing on them and sending them these, these wishes, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. That's all he did. He did it every day for three months. Over the course of those three months, many of the patients came off their medication. Many were unshackled. Within two years, almost all of them had been released. These were people that had no, very little hope of recovery. Almost all of them had been released. And within three years, they, were, um, they closed down the ward. That, so, is, that seems unbelievable. It does seem unbelievable. It really does. And so what I tell people is try it for yourself and and see what happens. And I'll just share with you a a quick story of how I used this in my own life and what happened. Uh, About a year and a half ago, my sister and I had an argument, and we weren't talking. This had never happened before, but it was was painful. Three months into this, my family gathered to move my mother from our home, our family home of 58 years, into assisted living. And we gathered at her new apartment to unpack her. I arrived, and the rest of the family was already there, and my sister and I didn't even acknowledge each other. We didn't look at each other. We didn't say hello. We proceeded through the whole morning to ignore each other, and it was really awkward. After about three hours of it, I said, i got to take a break, and I went to my car to just relax for a minute. And on my way to the car, I remembered Ho'oponopono. So I sat in my car for about ten minutes, and I just practiced Ho'oponopono towards my sister and also towards myself. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you, I love you. 
And after about 10 minutes, my heart melted. I realized that my sister and I weren't angry at what at each other for what happened three months earlier, but for a lifetime of things that had accumulated. And I, I suddenly saw things from my sister's point of view, and I felt great compassion. My heart really opened to her, and I went back into the apartment, and I didn't say anything. I just proceeded to unpack my mom's things, and within about five minutes, my sister came over to me out of the blue and took me by the hand and said, come on, let's go into mom's closet together hmm. and unpack her things. Now, I'll tell you, Cheryl, that was the beginning of a complete transformation in my experience, in my relationship with my sister, and I'm so happy that happened because nine months later, we found ourselves standing in that same closet of my mother's, mm. this time packing her things because she had just passed away. Oh, yeah. And I, t- I just, it is such, and I, I'm a little choked up right now because um, just this past weekend, we had the same experience with my aunt. My aunt, 93-year-old aunt, passed away. And my, it was my sister aunt standing on one side of her and me standing on the other side of her that, that uh, were the midwives for this transition for her. And, and that was able to happen because of this experience of forgiveness that I had. That we, you know, and I, I don't, my sister, I'm sure, did her own practices to help this happen as well. And, you know, we all have, these areas in our lives where there's just some some lack of, some holding on. Yeah. And so I really highly recommend you just try it out and see what happens. Use your own life as an experiment. Well, and it occurs to me that, you know, I mean, yes, it, this can have powerful effect distance-wise, and it also must have a powerful physical effect. My imagination tells me that when you walked back into that apartment and your sister saw you, she was experiencing a different energy from you. I totally believe that's true. I mean, another interesting bit of research is that our heart has an electromagnetic field that can be measured 8 to 10 feet outside of our body. And we aren't talking about an aura. We're talking about actually an electromagnetic field that can be picked up on by something called an electromagnometer. So it's an energy that we can feel. We all know that we, we, you can walk into a room where two people have been arguing. The argument is over, but you can feel the tension in the air. It's not that we're great psychics. It's that there are physically chemicals that are released into the atmosphere that people around us pick up on. Right, right. And so we can, with our intention, shift that. We absolutely can, and I think we live in a, in a fascinating time on the planet where there are some remarkable tools and techniques that are available to us that help facilitate this. You know, there's a whole field called energy psychology that has numerous fantastic techniques, one of which I love using. It's called the emotional freedom technique, or, or EFT for short. It's also called tapping, and it's where you're, you're tapping on various acupuncture meridians while saying certain statements, and it helps rewire the brain. And so these are very effective solutions to some of these, you know, old, old standing habits that we have that prevent us from, from being more effective in our lives. And yet there are these very, very effective techniques. And I recommend that people learn a number of these. And, uh, for you know, I, with love for no reason, I have uh, 14 keys to experiencing greater love. And with each key, there is a specific technique that helps you access that. 
So give us another one of those keys. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> uh, feeling your feelings. And I know that this this whole conversation has sounded very soft in some ways, but there is a lot of science behind each of the keys that I'm talking about. And, and with feeling your feelings, it's been shown that when we resist our feelings, they can actually get physically lodged in, in our bodies. You know, um, people who do massage can can at times they can hit on a certain area of your body and old memories come up where you've stored certain feelings that haven't been processed. So one of the things that we talk about doing is is actually a, a very simple technique to allow yourself to experience any of those feelings that you may have resisted. And it's a, a technique called the CORE technique. It's, it, it stands for Center of Remaining Energy. And um, it's a technique I, I, I can't explain explain it all in here, but it's, uh, it's where you go, you, you sit quietly, close your eyes, notice any area in your body where you're feeling some uncomfortable emotion or anxiety, mm-hmm. and you notice in your body where you feel that, where it's the most intense, and you let your awareness go right into the center of the most intense part of that energy field. And if you look for it, you'll likely find that there's like a little vortex or an eye of the hurricane at the center of the intensity. And you just sit there and feel right down into that center of intensity for a few minutes. And one of three things will happen. Either the sensation will become more intense or it will stay the same or it will slowly fade away or soften. And no matter what happens, what you do is you continue. You just notice which of those you're experiencing and then you continue to allow your awareness to feel right into the center of the most intense part of the sensation. And you bring your awareness like a laser beam to whatever is left of the sensation and you feel down into it. And what you'll find is that that energy will start to dissolve or dissipate. You're not necessarily looking for insights. You're just looking to experience that energy and it will dissipate and you will find that it, you know, you may have to do this a few times, but that will tend to dissolve over time. And, uh, and you probably won't have a charge when a similar situation comes up again in the future. You know, you and I work with leaders from many different parts of the world and highly successful, oftentimes, um, highly successful corporate, yes. multinational corporate leaders. Yes. How, what do they say to you when you tell them to do things like this? Well, you know, it varies across the board, um, it, but uh, there tends to be some skepticism sometimes in the beginning. And sure. when they actually start to experience these things and do them for themselves, you know, what I found is that leaders are into results. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, very practical and into results. And when they see the results in their own life, they go, okay, I'm doing this. Right. And so that's what I find is that these are powerful tools and techniques that work. And so if it works, then then use it. And whatever doesn't work, I say don't use it. But 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 practice try for yourself and see what what tools will work for you. If you were to um tell somebody, you know, if you just did this one thing once a day, your life would change. Which mm. one would it be? You know, for different people, it's going to be different things. Mm-hmm. Some people need to change their eating habits. 
Some people need to, you know, change their food addictions and they're going to experience some great change or they need to start taking various amino acids to raise their happiness level because that really will make a difference. For other people, it's taking five, ten minutes of silence every day. For some people, it's focusing on gratitude and doing the gratitude exercise. For some people, it's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And what I say is try a number of things and see what's most effective for you. Mm-hmm. So we can choose from the menu. That's it. I present, you know, learn a number of them and find out what's best for you because we're all different and we're all different at different times. You know, it's different times where you need different things. And I tell people try one thing, practice it for a couple of weeks until it becomes a habit and then pick up a new thing to do. Do that for a couple of weeks until it becomes a habit. And I say do this in your families. Do this in your workplaces as a work team. Every During your weekly meetings, pick a new technique to use and have your whole staff do it together for the week. It's, it brings you together as a team, as a community, and forms a, a common bond. You know, this week we're practicing Ho'oponopono. Next week we're practicing the emotional freedom technique. Next week we're practicing the core technique. Different techniques for different weeks and see what works. It's a great idea. You know, Marcy, you have been so wildly successful, and I know you practice what you preach, and that's what makes this so important and so valuable to all of us. It is a real gift that you've been with us here today. We are at the end of our time. Oh, man. Do I have 30 seconds to leave you with a comment? Absolutely. So tell us um, how people can learn more about you and where to buy the book and all that good stuff. Oh, great. And I also want to share my my closing thought with you. So you can uh, find out about uh, more about this at Love thelovebook.com. The website is www.thelovebook.com. And on there I've got 12 free bonus gifts for, for, for everyone and on, on how to experience a greater state of love. But what I want to close with is people ask me, is this selfish? You know, we're talking about happiness and love, and isn't this a selfish thing? What I found is it is the least selfish thing that you can do. It's the greatest way you can contribute to this planet is through experiencing greater happiness and love yourself. And I'd like to close with a Chinese proverb that sums that up. It goes like this. It says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. May we all experience experience more of that light in our own souls and through that create more peace here on this planet of ours. Mm, That's wonderful, Marcy. What a great way to end our talk. Thank you so much for being here. The book is Love for No Reason, Seven Steps to Creating a Life of Unconditional Love. Marcy Shimoff, you are a gift to the world. Mm, Thank you, Cheryl. It was a great joy to be with you. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.